Holy Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Lord, we understand that it's not by our own righteousness or goodness, but your great love and mercy has given us this privilege. We desire to live for you. We desire to do your will. We desire to glorify your name. Therefore, Lord, we ask, come and consecrate us to your service. Grant us of your spirit. Grant us power to be sons and daughters of God. The words we'll be reading in our devotion now, please, Lord, may it be spirit and life unto us, that it may sharpen us, that it may elevate us and ennoble us to become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Put your words in our mouth that we may speak blessing to all who would listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, August 3. Meditation with diligent work. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. There are many who are absorbed in worldly business and they do not give the Lord that devotion which is essential for their spiritual improvement. They tax brain, bone and muscle to the uttermost and gather to themselves burdens which lead them to forget God. Their spiritual powers are not exercised as well as their physical powers, and every day they are on the losing side, growing poorer and poorer in heavenly riches. There is another class who meets with loss because they are indolent and spend their powers in pleasing themselves in using their tongues and letting their muscles rust with inaction. They waste their opportunities by inaction and do not glorify God. There is something for everyone to do in this world of ours. The Lord is coming and our waiting is to be not a time of idle expectation but of vigilant work. We are not to spend our time wholly in prayerful meditation. Neither are we to drive and hurry and work as if this were required in order that we should gain heaven while neglecting to devote time to the cultivation of personal piety. There must be a combination of meditation and diligent work. As God has expressed it in his word, we are to be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Worldly activities are not to crowd out the service of the Lord. The soul needs the riches of the grace of God, and the body needs physical exercise in order to accomplish the work that must be done for the promulgation of the gospel of Christ. Parents should teach their children that the Lord means them to be diligent workers, not idlers in his vineyard, 
each one is to act his part in the great work for humanity. Thus, the lamp of the soul will not be neglected if time is taken to pray and to search the scriptures. The allotted task may be done and the lamp of the soul kept trimmed and burning. Amen. The title of our devotion is Meditation with Diligent Work. The concept of meditation with diligent work is lifted from the Word of God in our key text for today, Romans chapter 12, verse 11, which says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. In this text, God tells us a balance we should have to our lives. For the past two days, we have looked at how we should combine the temporal with the spiritual, the secular with the religious. For us to have a balanced life, we must do this. And then for us to make a success of it, we must be not slothful in business and fervent in spirit. That means one is not to be greater than the other. Each must get their equal attention, the secular and the religious, the temporal and the spiritual. None is to hold on to one to the neglect of the other. As we have been as we have looked at in the reading for our devotion, that is exactly what it is telling us to do. How has your life been? And at the end of the day, there's still a third class. There's a first class I say that has the spiritual higher than the secular or the temporal, and then there are others who give so much attention to worldly business that they have no time for spiritual things. But there's a third class, perhaps the worst of them, which is that lazy, indolent, and idle class that don't do any one of the two. They're neither working, neither are they studying the word of God and going in grace. These three extremes are to be shunned, but we are to learn to balance our lives and ensure that every facet of our life is given due attention diligently while not being slothful in business but diligent in business we still do not neglect to be fervent in spirit and serve the lord that is what god wants us to understand for us to make a success of whatever occupation that we have chosen or he has given to us we must ensure that we take up our work diligently be industrious be hard-working but not to the point that you neglect your spiritual life that you neglect your meditation and prayer and bible study and neither are we to be lazy and indolent let's talk about the lazy class first God has given us energy and has commanded in his word in the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Do you see the combination of the spiritual and the temporal in this commandment? Oh yes it is. God has told us how to combine it. Six days we are to labor and do all our work. We are commanded to go into work. No one is to be idle. And then you are not to be so engrossed in work that you don't have your fervent spirit and serve the Lord even in your work. So 
we are commanded not not, not to be lazy uh, i want to read something on that note from letters and manuscripts volume 9 and this is letter 62 written 1894 paragraph 17 we are not to be idle those who are not consecrating all their powers to be ministers of the word are not to be careless in the use of their time god has made them responsible agents and they are to be earnest workers ever keeping the great day of god in view those who have not the burden of bearing to the world the solemn truths for this time are to use their god-given time and ability in becoming channels of light to those who sit in darkness have they physical strength they are guilty before god if they do not use that strength they should work with their hands and acquire means for the support of their own families and to supply the treasury of god which is being continually drawn upon in order to sustain those who give their whole time to the teaching of the truth going to those who are in darkness whether they be nigh at hand or in regions beyond also from the same book reading now paragraph 22 it says those who cultivate a spirit of idleness commit sin against god every day for they do not put to use the power god has given them with which to bless themselves and to be a blessing to their families parents should teach their children that the lord means them to be diligent workers not idlers in his vineyard paragraph 23 let the indolent man and woman consider the fact that god does not design that one class shall carry all the burden of labor and another class do nothing to share in the work to every man god has given his work and each one is to act his part in the great work for humanity in this way human agents will fulfill the purpose of god thus the lamp of the soul will not be neglected if time is taken to pray and to search the scriptures the allotted task may be done and the lamp of the soul be, be kept trimmed and burning end of quote here one key thing that stands out is for us to understand idleness is sin in the book of ezekiel chapter 16 reading from verse 49 god mentioned it there some do not understand that to be idle is a sin because we are wasting the energy that god has given to us by not putting it to use to be a blessing to others so it may surprise you to find out that god considers you a sinner every day you are idle ezekiel 16 like i said reading from verse 49 god said behold this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Was the iniquity? Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. How was she to strengthen the hand of the poor and needy? By working and getting that which is good so that you can help others. Where do we find that? in the book of ephesians ephesians reading chapter 4 verse 28 says let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed what was the iniquity of sodom they refused to work 
abundance of idleness and so they did not even think of strengthening the hand of the poor and needy god is, is telling us work so that you can have something to give to those who are in need and also to supply especially the work of god that is what money is to be used for like i just read where we just came from in uh, letter 62 that we are to work so that we can put what we have gotten into the work of god i read paragraph 18 of that same letter to every man god has given his work those who have not felt the responsibility resting upon them to use their god-given faculties in active labor are not doing their duty even though they have a competency and are not actually compelled to labor for a livelihood god has given them hands and brain power and he expects them to use both for this they were created and useful employment will bring its own daily reward in improved health and spirits no one is to be idle christ said my father walketh hitherto and i work john chapter 5 verse 17 end of quote so the lord exhorts us have you been idle and maybe your situation is that you don't have work you've been looking for work take the work that lies nearest i suggest to you if you are in your home maybe you feel like you have nothing to do and you've been looking for a work to do and you don't find one find a way to improve yourself at least in the skills go to the internet there are many online lessons to learn and learn something there go and learn a skill so many places are free to learn skills there are soft skills there are hard skills that's on the internet on the on the computer you have the soft skills or you can learn something out there remembering that wherever you go to you have to ensure that that place is not corrupting in its influence secondly now we have those who will spend all their time in uh, so much work and forget to go into prayerful meditation hmm. danger there danger because god says what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul if we spend all our time working 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 and not have time for god we will lose everything what will you gain at the end of the day the spiritual must be combined with the temporal we are told that we are to have a life of meditation it is not just on the sabbath the six days of your work you are to do it with connection with god remember that jesus said without me you can do nothing so while you are in your work ensure that you are meditating daniel who was the prime minister of a kingdom not just of a country kingdom of babylon had time to pray three times a day morning afternoon and noon no matter how busy daniel was he always took out time to pray you can do the same look at for example the the the, the muslims what do they do they have set time to pray and no matter what work it is they are doing no matter what business in their shop once it is time to pray they close the shop they stop whatever work it is no matter who their employer is and they go and pray does that not show you that it is possible at least it is possible if we will be strict about it and serious about it daniel was very serious and he knew that he would not let anything come between him and god he didn't take so much work and felt that oh i must accomplish this work i must accomplish it to the neglect of his spiritual life many take too much burdens as we read today in our devotion there are some there are many who are absorbed in worldly business 
and they do not give the Lord their devotion that is his due, let's say, which is essential for their spiritual improvement. They tax brain, bone, and muscle to the uttermost and gather to themselves burdens which lead them to forget God. Their spiritual powers are not exercised as well as their physical powers, and every day they are on the losing side, growing, growing poorer and poorer in heavenly riches. End of quote. You are exhorted, don't do that. Set time during the day to pray, and even during your work, make sure you are abiding in Christ by meditation over the work you are doing. Pray and ask God for strength and ability and wisdom to do the work faithfully, and then take a break. Take a break from your work. Read something from the Word of God and meditate on it. Take time to pray. Not rush. Not a rush. There's a song we sing that says, Take time to be holy. Speak oft with the Lord. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. Those are just words from the song. That song teaches us what to do when we are combining the spiritual with the temporal because indeed we have to take time the time will not come unless you create it for yourself some people say i don't have time i don't have time but yet they are alive the very fact that you are alive shows that you have time because time is what life is measured in it is just that you have not created the time and that's why we exalted take time to be holy speak oft with thy lord abide in him always and feed on his word make friends of god's children help those who are weak forgetting nothing his blessing to seek take time to be holy the world rushes on spend much time in secret with jesus alone by looking to jesus like him thou shalt be thy friends and thy conduct his likeness shall see and the third verse tells us how to combine it with our work take time to be holy let him be thy guide and run not before him whatever betide enjoy or in sorrow still follow the lord and look into jesus still trust in his word lastly take time to be holy be calm in thy soul each thought and each motive beneath his control thus led by his spirit to fountains of love thou soon shall be fitted for service above why are we told to take time to be holy because in our work if we do not set out time to be holy following these instructions given in this song i just read out now you will lose your soul you become poorer and poorer spiritually so take time to be holy how can this be done now i suggest you wake up in the morning have your devotion give it at least an hour at least one hour for your devotion spend time in the devotional uh, uh texts of the word of god and think about it there are many devotional books now like the one we are reading our high calling that you can use to give you subject matter to contemplate about in your life and to grow in grace take time to be holy by doing that then get to work get to work plan yourself and have your timetable feed then you go to your work and while at work always lift your heart in meditation and prayer by asking god to give you grace to do every task that you are doing and also to thank him for giving you the grace to do it 
I'm not saying you should go to your go leave your work and go on your knees and do those things while at work, while doing whatever work you are doing. Be praying, and when you accomplish it, you say, "Oh, praise God! I finished this work." And be serious and intentional about your praising God. Don't just let it be your flippant praise God. Let it be a sincere praise God. Why? Because you asked for strength to do that work. Then still take a break from the work, and you can you may bring out your Bible, your phone read something there in the word of god and pray then go back to work again and make sure you close your work when it is time to close the night is not a time to work that's what the bible says jesus said the night comes when no man can work it is the daytime for work when the day is over close the work and go back to rest so that you can get your health back that's how to combine the two and do not be in the third class and what is that third class so much prayer so much bible study but no work we must be productive as we have seen in our devotion we must take time to work also it is not just about prayer and bible study uh our high calling here page 221 paragraph 4 says we are not to spend our time wholly in prayerful meditation neither are we to drive and hurry and work as if this were required in order that we should gain heaven while neglecting to devote time to the cultivation of personal piety. So we must combine with our spiritual life work. So may God give us the grace to learn to combine these things to have a balanced life is my prayer. Amen. Amen. I'll read again from the first paragraph where it says that there must be a combination of meditation and diligent work as God has expressed in in his word we are to not be slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the Lord worldly activities are not to crowd out the service of the Lord now Jesus gave us a wonderful illustration I'll read the account from Daughters of God, page 57. As Christ gave his wonderful lessons, Mary sat at his feet, a reverend and devoted listener. On one occasion, Martha, perplexed with the care of preparing the meal, went to Christ, saying, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. This was the time of Christ's visit, his first visit to Bethany. The Savior and his disciples had just made the toilsome journey on foot from Jericho. Martha was anxious to provide for their comfort, and in her anxiety she forgot the courtesy due to her guest. Jesus answered her with mild and patient words, Martha matter thou art careful and troubled about many things but one thing is needful and mary had chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her mary was touring her mind with the precious words falling from the saviour's lips words that were more precious to her than earth's most costly jewels the one thing that Martha needed was a calm, devotional spirit, 
a deeper anxiety for knowledge concerning the future immortal life and the graces necessary for spiritual advancement. She needed less anxiety for the things which pass away and more for those things which endure forever. Jesus will teach his children to seize every opportunity of gaining that knowledge which will make them wise unto salvation. The cause of Christ needs careful, energetic workers. There is a wide field for the matters with their zeal in active religious work, but let them first sit with Mary at the feet of Jesus. Let diligence, promptness, and energy be sanctified by the grace of Christ. Then the life will be an unconquerable power for good. Now see the balance down. Is it like Mary? We need to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn of him, having chosen the better part which will never be taken from us. Like matter, we need to be ever abounding in the work of the Lord. The higher Christian attainments can be reached only by being much on our knees in sincere prayer, one fiber of the root of selfishness remaining in the soul will spring up when least expected, and thereby will many be defiled. So we see that we need to blend the merry and the matter in all of us. Be working and be devoted. Have devotion, have a calm spirit. We need to combine it to have a balance, as our brother have said, we need to maintain equilibrium and the walk with God. Now, there was a, a man who was under an oath, okay, in the book of Genesis. Abraham sent his servant to look for a wife for his master. That's Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old. He was 40 years old. And Abraham could not trust Isaac to this duty of looking for a wife for himself so he involved his servant who was aged and who had experience and who was faithful and who had shown and proven to be dependable and then Abraham said to him don't take a wife from the Canaanites you know they are very diligent people but they are not united with God they are religious so Abraham sent him a off on a daunting task how do I find one who is religious and diligent and he prayed and asked God for a sign and he said oh Lord God of my master Abraham I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham behold I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and it and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah came out with her pitcher upon her shoulder, 
And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. Let's pause for a moment. You see that she was fair, but it wasn't enough. I don't know whether you've noticed. Do you know how inconvenient it is for her to haven't drawn what she would take to the home to, to give to her own people? Maybe her own camel to, to drink, her own ships. And then this stranger stopped her and said, give me to drink. And then not only that, she now took it upon herself that, oh, if he is thirsty, then the camels too will be thirsty. And then she said, let me get some for the camels. And you know, there were 10 camels. And you, you, if you understand that camels can really hold water, the assistant can really, really hold water. I mean, a camel can hold up to five gallons of water in its system. And see, there were 10 camels to f give water to 10 thirsty camels. It was not a small walk. And she was running. Go and fetch, run to give them. Go and fetch, run to give them. And the man stood and was, he was wondering. In fact, let me read it in verse 19. It says, And when she had gone done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough, and ran again unto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of, a, of half a shekel of weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels of weight of gold. You understand that she earned her gift of gold. Now for all of us who are looking forward to earn a golden harp, that had been prepared for us, we see from here that Christ is searching for those who, not only religious, but also will be diligent walkers, who will go out of their way to walk for the Master, even in temporal things. Now we see that she received not only those gifts, but she became the mother of Israel. In this our age, this is the degenerate age we live in, when all is about pride and luxury and laziness, how many daughters, how many will go all out of the way in preparing for the master, as Rebecca did. Many are waiting for work without starting with the work that lies nearest. Many are coming in contact with work and not even realizing that God is calling us to duty and we pass it by. None of us should be ashamed of work. However small or civile it may appear, labor is ennobling. All who toil with head or hands are working men or women. 
and all who are doing their duty and honoring their religion as much while walking at the wash tub or washing the dishes as they are in doing going to meetings while the hands are engaged in the most common labor the mind may be elevated and ennobled by pure and holy thoughts we have read before that it is a sin it's an is a great evil for mothers to be walking in the kitchen while their daughters sit in the parlor looking at television or reading novels it's a great evil it's a grievous one because God wants mothers who will train their daughters so that they will tomorrow will take their place even in the Lord's vineyard. You see there is there is a combination of efficient workers and devotion. The helpers should take Jesus with them in every department of their labor. Whatever is done should be done with the exactness and thoroughness which will bear inspection. The heart should be in the work. Faithfulness as as is as essential in washing dishes, sweeping the floors, and doing chamber work, as in caring for the sick or administering birth. It was, she was writing to who, those who engage of soul winning. So we have our others here. Our lives should be modeled after the pattern, the man after the pattern of the life of Christ. His life was one that was up. He was up in the mountains and down to the multitude. He would go up to the mountains to have devotion with the Father and come down to the multitude and walk. And that's how we are to combine walk and devotion and devotion and walk. We'll find it a very pleasant experience. May that be our experience. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we say blessed be to thy holy name. We thank you for your word, even the words of comfort we read from your word every day. We thank you for having given us direction how to combine the temporal things as well as the, with the spiritual ones. Help us not to lose sight of the other and neglect the one help us to grab and blend both of them that we may represent your right even in this degenerate age this is our prayer to christ our lord amen